This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, we now bring you a discussion on Constitutional Amendment Order to benefit weaker sections in Jammu and Kashmir. The participants are Prafulla Ketkar, political analyst, and Nikunj Garg, journalist. Yesterday, Cabinet in its meeting took some historic decisions with regard to Jammu and Kashmir, particularly because it is said that the benefits of employment or the progress in the rest of the country or the fruits of the economic activity in the rest of the country are not reaching Jammu and Kashmir. And so what do you say, Praful? First of all, I think the big elephant in the room is the extension of 10% reservation for the economically weaker sections to state of Jammu and Kashmir. I would say we need to see this entire decision in a perspective. Whenever we say that Jammu Kashmir is away from the fruits of development and every time whenever the discussion comes up about some parliamentary laws being extended to the state of Jammu and Kashmir, the bogey of Article 370 and 35A that is brought in with the name of quote-unquote special status. What this particular decision has done is, because now there is a precedence rule virtually there and the governor is so through this ordinance, now the benefits of say 10% reservation for economically weaker sections are being directly extended. This means that now Jammu Kashmir as a state will not stay away from the benefits of this special provision that was created by the Indian Parliament. In otherwise, this would have uh, required ratification by the Jammu Kashmir Assembly also. And again, and this particular case is such where nobody would oppose. Two important decisions were taken. 10% reservation for economically weaker sections of the society, 3% reservation that was already there for the special categories along line of control that is being extended to the residents of international border also who are always under the shadow of cross-border shelling. So, Bakharwals and Gujars, I see this decision important from a different point of view. The entire narrative about Jammu Kashmir has been about separate status, problem areas. Now that narrative has been changing and this decision is a sign of it. When we say Jammu Kashmir is not just a problem area, the entire narrative about Jammu Kashmir, like for example, if you see the discourse also, we are talking about entire Jammu Kashmir as a state now not just valley and that has completely because international border is not just about Kashmir valley it is also about Jammu it is also about Ladakh so now that has changed and the communities like uh, Gujars and Bakharwals who are otherwise you know deprived of their rights from the reservation uh, facility now they will be included so the voices that are generally not heard from the state of Jammu and Kashmir, they will get some kind of representation through this particular thing. So in changing the narrative, this idea of representation through these two kinds of reservation will definitely play a role. And if we talk about this 10% reservation, I was told that according to the last census, the population of state of Jammu and Kashmir was 1.25 crore. So it must have gone up by another 10 lakhs, so 1.35 crore. So if we see out of 1.35 crore, 10%, which means roughly 13 lakh people, will directly get benefits of this economically weaker section reservation. So, which is a substantial number. No, it is not like that. See, the thing is, it is not of the total population. There are categories, even in other parts of India, it is the same way that out of total 100 seats available in terms of employment, 
49.5% will go for SCs and STs. Out of remaining that 50.5% of general category, this 10% will be now available. Otherwise, people, Jammu Kashmir, we don't have a complete idea about the demography of Jammu and Kashmir because the complete census has not taken place. Even delimitation of constituencies after 1954 has not taken place because the credible data is not available. Some of the constituencies that are there across LOC, so that is another problem. But still we need to understand that scheduled caste and scheduled tribes are substantial numbers in the state of Jammu and Kashmir. It took almost 40-45 years in the state of Jammu Kashmir to reach the benefits of reservation of SCs and STs. It was adopted only in 1995 because again under the bogey of special status. Now that is being further extended with this 10% reservation. So, in the promotional thing, SCST reservation will be applicable in the for the general category, in the recruitment reservation will be available and as far as the special communities that are called the border area communities, 3% reservation will be available. So, again, I am underlining the point that the voices that are generally not counted when it comes to the discourse about Jammu and Kashmir, they will get some kind of representation in the government recruitment and educational institutions of Jammu and Kashmir. And if it's note that the this 77th constitutional amendment, which was, you know, about the... 1995, uh, about SC and ST. SC, that was implemented, 1995 has now been applied. This has been now been applied, which means that after 24, 24 years, years, and similarly, if you look at the 103rd constitutional amendment, which was passed last yes. month, has also been applied, which means that it took... 24 years for a constitutional amendment to get past the muster. And this one, 10% reservation for economically weaker section has been applied within months time. So, which means that it quite shows the government's determination at least to get this economically weaker section also the benefits of reservation, which has according to the 103rd constitutional amendment. Yes, definitely it is a sign of strong political will. At the same time, it is accurate understanding of the entire issue related to Jammu and Kashmir. See, what has happened, when you say somebody has a special status, it means there is something special they are getting. Here, in the name of 370 or 35A, what is happening actually is, the positive decisions that are taken in Delhi are not percolated down, like for example, 73rd and 74th Amendment. Panchayati Raj institutions are empowering decision, which was not accepted to the Jammu Kashmir Assembly because they said it is a special status, we will decide. Similarly, there are around 17% of STs, the Bakharwals and Gujars and all these categories which come under scheduled tribes. They are substantial number, but they don't get representation simply because the reservation facilities which we accepted at the time of proclamation of the constitution, they were not applied to Jammu and Kashmir in the name of special status. So, once you understand this as a problem, you find a solution. All these issues related to 370 and 335A came through a route of ordinance. Now, the government has used the same way of ordinance to clear the way for the larger representation in the government services. So that's why this is historic. And if we, this is on the development and jobs, participations, etc. and benefit to the poor. If we look at the biggest problem that is plaguing at least the Kashmir Valley, that is terrorism. And because of Pakistan-sponsored terrorism, largely something that is accepted by the international community also, that is a Pakistan-sponsored terrorism. Many, many other problems are 
created and many many other problems are remaining unsolved and that is also one of the biggest problem is the problem of development and jobs so in order to get over the problem of terrorism also government also took another historic decision yesterday of banning jamaat-e-islami's jammu and kashmir chapter so in that sense that it has been also banned after a gap of nearly 26 years last time the ban lapsed in 1993 and after 26 years it has again been banned though officially this is the third time that the jamaat-e-islami is facing the ban in jammu and kashmir even that is a historic decision certainly historic decision please try and understand the entire history of fundamentalism and growing radicalization in the valley especially has roots somewhere in the history of jamaat-e-islami of jammu and kashmir the way valley education valley madrasas were radicalized certain types of islamic madrasas were particularly funded nurtured and certain kind of mindset that was created within the valley jamaat-e-islami has played a critical role but what the government notification clearly points out is the way they have developed because it is believed that the hizbul was a direct extension of jamaat-e-islami the kind of network they had established with the terrorist and militant outfits that was the main reason that is being cited for this particular ban besides this we need to understand the way entire narrative about jammu kashmir is being played through the influence or terror or infiltration of jamaat-e-islami elements in various institutions including the educational institutions so banning jamaat-e-islami will now pave the way what is happening across the border is one thing what is happening within the border like the hotline that was existing with the pakistani side that is being busted the the strong action that is being taken so that the nationalist voices that are existing in the valley they will get some space to speak out problem is under the pressure from the separatist and the terrorist the voices that are standing with india that are standing with development that are standing with peace they are not being counted now with the banning of such organizations and strong actions against the elements that are supporting such organizations now these people will get some space and voice and therefore i think banning jamaat e islami is a very very important decision and interestingly in the last 26 years that have lapsed since the ban last time that was imposed by government of india we have seen 1993 militancy has just about started around 90 just started and 3 years were tumultuous and we have seen phenomenal growth of jamaat's hold at least over south kashmir and uh, also the fact that terrorism in phases it has gone down but has been a constant scourge in the state of jammu and kashmir it has always been a problem it is surprising that in last 26 years no government thought of banning jamaat islami see it's very difficult when you outsource the management of entire state affairs and under the name of special status you consider that the so called mainstream there is going to manage their everything what we have to do is just to declare the packages this package approach actually has destroyed the entire when do you have to talk about kashmiriyat where is kashmiri language where are kashmiri festivals where are kashmiri months now one generation has gone into that psyche where their real roots of kashmiriyat are completely gone and jamaat has played a critical role in this and most of the jamaat elements were actually from outside kashmir 
So nobody bothered about questioning their funding sources, about their modus operandi. Now that can come under some kind of review. Though I believe that just banning some this kind of organization because Jamaat Islam in, in Jammu Kashmir especially, even before independence has been a movement, not just an organization. And it had a specific objective. In fact, once they fought even elections saying that religion and politics has to go hand in hand. So, they have a specific agenda, they have a specific ideology, but still now government has created a possibility to curb this trend of radicalization and fundamentalism in the valley by banning this organization. And you know, other than the fact that Hizbul Mujahideen was nearly funded by a direct offshoot of uh, Jamaat-e-Islami, Jamaat has traditionally been for many many years now blamed for increasing radicalization. The destruction of the Sufi culture and bringing of the hardline Wahhabi Islam into Kashmir particularly and outside its influence and spread, that's another thing. But in Kashmir at least, is uh, largely blamed on uh, jamaat e Yes. If you see the trend of uh, radicalization, you see a three-layer approach. One was that was directly influenced, funded, nurtured by Pakistan. The second was these kind of organizations and elements who for the sake of self-interest or for some communal or religious or fundamentalist agenda uh, further certain kind of thinking among the masses and they try to do that though failed miserably to some extent they are successful in creating certain narratives around it. And there is a third element like Hurriyat and the so-called mainstream, uh, you know, satraps of the valley who maintain the entire discourse around certain families, certain interests where the common people of Jammu and Kashmir would not be really counted. Therefore, taking a strong action on not only on Jamaat, if you see the parallel actions that are happening maybe on Huriyat or other kind of elements, we can hope that these elements at least will not be able to terrorize common minds. Common minds can at least speak out for their rights and they can speak for development so that they can participate peacefully in the democratic developmental process. That is the key here. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on constitutional amendment order to benefit weaker sections in Jammu and Kashmir. The participants were Prafulla Ketkar, political analyst, and Nikunj Garg, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. 